Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast with a little bit of, you know, podcast flex capacitor type of things. We are kind of going in time, back in time or back to the future here. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but we've actually recorded two podcasts on the same night. We hate to lie to you, our listeners, but um, it's the off season. It's just easier to do two at once. So we are actually a week past uh, when we last recorded. So if there's any happenings in the Big Ten, we'll have to cover it on the the next podcast, correct? That's right. No housekeeping tonight. Even if there was houses that had been kept in the week since we recorded this. But I did want to come up with one topic to talk about. All right. Hopefully it's it's food related. We really do well there. (laughs) Literally, first, first line is like, Obviously, people have been dying for us to talk about food. So I mean, it's it's food season coming up here it soon. It pretty much is. So, and being facetious when I say this, that I'm like super excited to talk about this because I want to know your points of view on this. Okay. I really honestly do. But then I thought maybe I'm not facetious. Maybe I'm just really excited to talk about this. Okay? All right. It is a topic called salads. Okay. All I right. sent you a, a text message uh, Tuesday, oh, Wednesday, yeah. okay, Monday, yeah. or Monday. It was Monday. I believe, with the salad that the, I had yeah, the put big together. Salad. The, yeah. and, and, of course, I sent it to you because of the Seinfeld reference. Right. It's a big salad. And, of course, I make the reference back, tomatoes the size of volleyballs, because that's what Jerry said to Elaine about, <laughs> to Elaine. The, about yeah. the big salad. And then um, as I ate my salad, I sat there and I had tons of thoughts of salad. And I'm like, and I'm like I wonder if what Kurt thinks about this. And I, I, w- I thought about calling you at one point when I was on the road. But I'm like, no, we have this. Stupid podcast where we sure. could talk about food, and so I'm. We're Why would we live. waste a normal conversation when we could record it and make other people listen to it? So, how okay. often would you say you you have a salad? Okay, so this is kind of so. First okay. and foremost, just go right in. Well, you eat, do you order salads and do you make your own salads? Yes and yes. Okay, but I I intend to do it way more than I do. Okay, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Like, okay. I'll buy lettuce. I'm like, oh, you know what? A salad sounds really good tonight. And then I'll get home and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to have a salad. I'll have that tomorrow. And before you know it, that lettuce is bad, you know? <laughs> this is why this is a this is a topic. Okay. Because I do the exact same okay. thing. My wife and I do the exact same thing. And we hate throwing away I do too. food. Especially when you have kids. Like it, That's like a cardinal sin. Absolutely. But there is nothing that wilts away or loses your desire more than salad. With that being said... Do you like eating a good salad? I do. Absolutely. It's always... I, I do, I mean, too. Okay, no, it's not always good. If you get a good salad, it's tremendous. Oh, okay. I think you're getting a little loose with the word tremendous here. Because here's what I would put okay. up against you. I mean, it's not pizza tremendous. Okay, okay. we could keep listing off food here. <laughs> if you are on death row and you're you have a last meal... If you pick a salad, you're a crazy person. Well, yeah, you probably are anyway because I mean, you're on death row, but you know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I wouldn't pick a salad. Even like okay. a little side salad, I probably wouldn't pick. Like if it was a three-course meal, I don't I don't, I don't, even know. Do they actually do last meal stuff? Do you, do you I, think I think that's do? real. Okay. But I don't I think they, they do it in courses. I don't think they do <laughs> I don't think they did. I think <laughs> for your first course, it's going to be consomme. Okay. So if we are under the assumption that last meal rights only have one course, if you pick a salad, 
You deserve to get the chair at that point. Yeah, because you're just wasting valuable (laughs) space in your belly that could be occupied by something that's frankly better. Better tasting. Okay, so I think we have we have firmly put salad where it is, which is like middle of the road. Like it's better than like a homemade salad to me is better than a fast food meal, you know? Like, yes. Or, yes. Or a good salad, obviously, at a restaurant. So here's another thing. Been dying to ask you this. Okay. Was there not, did there not used to be a certain level of embarrassment for a man to order a salad amongst other men or maybe even a mixture of a... Oh, even... I mean, there was a Seinfeld episode about this. He orders... There was? Yeah, he orders the salad with... Um, Gosh, I can't remember her name. It was, was that the it mutton was, chop? Yeah, one? it was. It was Elaine's cousin, and yeah. he was going on a date with her. And then she didn't think he was a man because he ordered a salad. salad. That's and right. so then he he ordered the mutton next time. Or no, they were having mutton. He's like, yep. mm, uh, salad's got nothing on this mutton. And he kept spitting it in. And he kept spitting it. In, it was, yeah. Okay, we, so we I didn't make this up in my head. There was a time, somewhat recently, I would say in the last twenty years, where your manly your manhood was questioned a little bit if you ordered a salad. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Is it also fair to say that we've we've moved past that now? I yeah, I would say so. I think in, that's in, good. In, I think that's progress, right? Isn't that there? Yes, there there has been some progress made <laughs> in the world in the last twenty years. Thankfully, I would go so far to say that if I sit down with a business associate, right? So it's somebody that I just I don't know, don't know very well. I'm trying to you know set the setting because that's mostly when you're eating with strangers is like a business setting. I would, if a guy ordered like a double cheeseburger on a Tuesday and it's a guy that looks like he's maybe kind of struggling, I'd be like, I would judge him more by ordering that yeah. than I would any other dude ordering a salad. That's how much the, the needles move to me. Yeah, I think you're right. And the other thing is it, it's usually most most of my business meals are lunches now. People don't do dinners so much anymore. Tough to, tough so to do dinners. I think it, totally acceptable salad for lunch. Definitely. Now I will I will actually I go so crazy as to eat salad for lunch Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday I could do it because okay. you I could do it I, I I don't typically do it There's right. usually one day where I don't eat a salad but I do try to eat healthier during the week okay. like that's a thing My wife does a good job of cooking healthy in the evenings during the week When it comes to to be Friday especially Saturday I ain't eating no salads man no. It's uh, Agree. I do the same thing. Do you, okay. Do I you mostly think I mostly eat healthy during the week, and then I just tear loose on the weekend. Okay. Do you think that's and a just common thing? undo everything I did during the week? Awesome. I feel, dude. I feel great about this because I've. I don't think I've been alone with it. It feels good. I mean, I'm little... making midnight frozen pizzas on the weekend. <laughs> just I'm, stupid shit. Yes. Um, okay. The mix of the base of the salad. Big time importance to the salad. Yeah, I need a I need a crunchy romaine, like as a base. Ro- romaine I, is is big for me. Yeah. Okay, but then Cause I because the, the crunch. I mean, the, gotta have the crunch. Gotta have the crunch. Like it, it can't smash down like it's like and it it's just lawn clippings. If you're using iceberg lettuce to make a salad, I'm sorry, you're doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. But if I had the choice between an iceberg base with more stuff mixed in as opposed to just the leafy stuff only. I would I would take the iceberg. See, I can point. do leafy greens. I can do spinach. Leaf- okay, well, spinach is the next thing I have okay. on here. Spinach has, if it's my salad, it's got a heavy dose of spinach in it. Okay. That's a superfood, man. That, Love it. it. It is a cholesterol buster. Yeah. 
I try to mix in as much cluster. Uh, I try to mix in as much. <laughs> well, I do that too. I try to mix in as much spinach and blueberries during the week. That that's a part of my healthy eating. Okay. Routine. Okay. Then moving on to which we kind of already touched on the container. Okay. This is something that literally gives me anxiety. This probably definitely makes me a weirdo, but. I bought these big, gigantic white bowls. I probably got them at like Target or something. I can't mm-hmm. remember where I got them. And of course, my wife made fun of me. She's like, oh my God, why did you buy those big, ugly salad bowls? You know, and I'm like, because when I'm eating a salad, I want to have a lot of salad. And I, when it's spilling over the side. Oh no, you got to have the container that's way bigger than yes! the salad. Yes, for sure. Guess what? Guess who? Guess which one of my roommates uses that? that bowl to eat their salad now your wife does yes of course i i've she came a lot she came around to my to my way we're practical beans but do you not hate it when a salad is in a too small bowl oh it's terrible and it shows up and you're like what yeah like, like and you're, you're first, like picking at it yes. like you're trying to like pick the the, <sighs> the toppings off first God. but you really want to mix it in but you can't mix it because it's not big enough to mix in I anxiety know. straight anxiety yeah when i have that um, and then how do you feel about when they just throw the salad on the plate along with the other food that you have? Mm, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't? No. Okay. But here's one, that, you know, back to the bowl. I'm sorry. We got to go back. We, we got to remedy one thing. You go to the restaurant and order one, and it's a big, like, flat bowl. It's so that they're I, – I see what they're thinking, so that when you're mixing it, nothing falls out. I'll it take it that. just falls on the rim. But why not just make it a big bowl? With with high sides, yeah, high sides it. instead of the flat sides. I'm with you there. It's a presentation thing. I get it. I'd rather have a bowl bowl. Good. Okay. I, now we can move on. We very rarely agree on any food. That's so true. We it, usually don't. It's incredible that salads is the one that's bringing us together. Um, fillers. I, I love a hard boiled egg. Love seeing a hard boiled egg. Hard boiled egg. When they is do the, when they do the perfect slice thing, love the slice, and it's that's hard to do at home. Very hard to I mean, do. You got to have that little that little egg thing with the wires to yeah, do that. Yeah. that's the only way to do. that. You can't that. cut it even with a really sharp. Steak no, knife. even with a sharp knife. Um, I know this is we will diverge here. Okay. okay. If you put too much onions in a salad, I'm no longer eating a salad. I'm just eating an onion. Yeah, now. it can be overpowering. Oh, really? Okay. It can, I, I love onions. Uh, but yeah, I would say I, you got to portion them out. So the, when I do it at home, if I have an onion, I will put an onion in my salad because I can control the onion content. But when you do it at a restaurant, if you order it with an, uh, a salad with an onion, it's, I swear to God, it's half onion. Yeah. And then if I ask for the onion on the side, I feel like a fancy boy. So I just don't, I just tell them to take the onions out. Sure. Okay. Uh, protein. What, it, what are some, what's your go-to protein? I'd probably say salmon. Really? Yeah, I think salmon. I mean, chicken's good, but salmon I think is number one for me. Love salmon. Okay. I can't. We've never agreed this much on a food take ever. Yeah, I mean, I can go some steak too, but number steak one, is, honestly, I love steak. Just, I, I, it, it's really got to be done well. Okay, I don't want to get. I'm not, not cooked well. I mean, yeah, and I don't want to get ahead of us here. But if you have steak with blue cheese, that's a good salad. Fantastic salad. Um, I'm a grilled chicken over, you know the breaded type of chicken i think that's yeah, way sure. better for a salad love to kid you on with the, the seafood ahi tuna salads yeah are, ahi's good but i i'm more give salmon's me salmon. better i definitely was with salmon all right final thing you know okay. we got to put on top is dressings always a vinaigrette 100 of the time 100 of the time okay i 
I I don't turn around. I don't turn away too many dressings. I I'm not saying I like them all. I darn near like them all. Olive Garden's Italian dressing. Oh, that is good stuff. <laughs> it's fantastic. That is man. outstanding. It, it is somehow still better at the restaurant, but even at home, it's incredible. By the way, you can you can like marinate chicken with that stuff. That that like go ahead and buy the gigantic one that they sell at different grocery stores. Love that. Um, you mentioned blue cheese. Have you ever done the French and blue cheese mix on a salad? French dressing, blue cheese dressing. Uh, oh gosh, no. It's fantastic. No, I mean, have you tried it? No. Okay. Try it sometime. Here's the deal. I had a French dressing not too long ago. It, and I don't remember what brand it was or where the hell I got it. But it was way too sweet. I, do, do you, is there one that they dial back the sweetness a little bit? It was uh, just overpowering. For like, Minnesota-based people, Lunds and Byerly's dressings in general are fantastic. Okay. Uh, their their French dressing is, is really okay. good. Okay. Maybe I'll try that. Like, And then the two dressings that maybe are most common in Midwest – I really do like a honey mustard, but yeah. I'm picky with the honey mustard. And then I'm, I love ranch, but I am especially picky on ranch. I would go so far okay. as to say 90% of the ranches are bad. 90%. Okay. Definitely it, 80. Is there a brand? The, a restaurant. Like a okay. restaurant. Like the ones that make it. I used to make I don't know why I haven't done it anymore. I used to make my ranch dressing from scratch. It was fantastic. It is so much better than any store-bought stuff. Nobody has been able to perfect the store-bought ranch dressing to mm. taste like the in-store-made ranch dressing. If somebody ever does it, I'll pay $10 a bottle for that stuff. I make a pretty mean mustard vinaigrette at home. Really? Yeah. I would like to try that sometime. I can bring you some. Fantastic. Yeah. Was that as good for me as it was for you? I mean, I'm thinking I might have a salad tonight now. <laughs> I've, I do have the romaine at home, and it hasn't gone bad yet. I would say during lunch, during the week, if I'm at a restaurant, sit-down place, I probably order a salad 80% of the time. Oh, wow. You Maybe, have more discipline than me. I, I mean, not by the way, I'm talking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Sure. N- no salads on Fridays. I don't believe on a in a restaurant on nights and weekends, especially weekends, I don't believe I've ever ordered a salad in my life, and I tend to die that way. Um, side salads. Side salads don't count. Side salads don't count. I've done during the week. I, at, at night, I've ordered salads. Man, if I'm eating at a restaurant at night, um, I'm eating something that's got, got something to sure. it. Sure. Yeah. I don't blame you. All right. I don't know if anybody followed along with that part, but it was something I wanted to get off my chest, and by gosh, I, I enjoyed it. I just imagine people fast forward. Oh, they're still talking about it. And by the way, if, still you're not, about it. if you're not listening to the podcast on in speed and a half, time and a half, I mean, what are you doing? I don't listen time and a half. I do. I do. And I like myself more on time and a half. I, I, I wish I could listen to you on normal speed and me on like three times. That would be the perfect way to do it. All right. We have got a three team podcast. We have got the Nebraska Cornhuskers from the West, the Indiana Hoosiers from the East, and the Wisconsin Badgers from the West. So West, East, West, all color red. Kind of another theme again. I don't know yeah, if you tried it like that. That's right. But, um, last time I will break this down for you. Speaking of fast forward, if you've already heard me say this, but here is the cadence that we have with breaking down these teams. We're going to go through each game on their schedule, blow by blow, but try to kind of move through it, but just kind of go back in time and remember, hey, this is what it was like back in the day. 
Then we will give you the biggest moment of the season, the offensive MVP, the defensive MVP, the special MVP, which could be a specialist or anybody that we decide, and then a team grade. Do you think you got it, Big Kurt? Yeah, I do got it. All right, we will get going here. The Nebraska Cornhuskers finished the season three and five. How did they start the year off? They started the year off with a positive 52 to 17 loss. I know it's the weirdest positive 52 to 17 loss. Maybe the only positive 52 to 17 loss. Because if I'm being honest, I did see positives in this game. I did. I mean, they were they were really spicy in the first half, and then it's like, okay, yeah, the Buckeyes took over, but yeah, they gave they they were really hanging in there. Um, with that being said, the high uh, passer in the game was Adrian Martinez with only 105 yards, and the high rusher in the game was also Adrian Martinez with only 85 yards. Well, that's remember gonna, that it's going to be a theme. That will be a theme. Yeah. So maybe in retrospect, as as positive as both of me. You and I thought with things, maybe it was a little bit of foreshadowing for things to come. Probably. Is that fair to say? Next week up, they're supposed to play Wisconsin. Wisconsin cancels on the game, and all shit breaks loose in in Nebraska land. I mean, them not playing that game. Holy shit. You would have. That was tar and feather levels at that point. (laughs) Am I overstating things? No. No, not really. Um because, I mean, if we – and we probably should have when we go back in time. Certainly, Nebraska wanted to play the football season more than maybe other uh, – anybody other than Ohio State on the on – the, on the, I don't know. I would say as the most. much as anybody, yes. Yeah. I'm going to piss off a bunch of Nebraska fans when I say this, but I believe Nebraska definitely played a part in the football season being yes. played in the Big Ten. I just think everybody, including Iowa, including Penn State – is completely dwarfed by the weight that Ohio State threw around to get the season. I believe Sure. I believe Ohio State's athletic director, coach, and quarterback had more to do with the season being played than anybody. With that being said, the desire from the, the coaches, the team, the fans, probably unparalleled. Second to none. Okay. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. So now they are 0-1 and then go to Northwestern to play Northwestern and in all honesty, lose the game 21 to 13 in all honesty, it looked a lot like a lot of Nebraska Northwestern games have over the years. Yeah. Right. I mean, just, yeah. Northwestern did Northwestern things and Nebraska did Nebraska things and the same outcome. That was it. Yeah. Not much to say there. Then they are, I think completely overreacting to this game. I, I I remember talking about it on the podcast. I distinctly remember, I won't name names, DMing Nebraska fans like, you all need to chill out. Like, you got beat by Ohio State. Okay, whatever. Th- literally throw it off the table. I had been warning, pre-warning Nebraska fans before the season, Northwestern's going to be better than we think. I had come around mm. to that, like, right before the season started. Once I saw him, once I saw Northwestern, I yeah. knew, and I'm like, you you have they were putting too much weight into that northwestern loss. Do you do you remember this at all? No, I guess I don't remember okay. them. I mean, I, I they were zero and two, and that sucks. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but they started out the year zero and two to the Big Ten champion and the Big Ten West champion. Yeah, sure, but they didn't know about the West champion yet. Okay, I understand that, but I I think we had enough knowledge at this point with Northwestern being three and zero. Yeah, that, that this wasn't a bad Northwestern team. No, it's is true. that fair? Yeah. Then they beat Penn State. 
they they to go they're sitting at, they're sitting at uh, one and two at this point. This is not a season that should that is the getting thrown out the window. No, at this point, and it's it's weird even looking at this right now, knowing what's coming up next and knowing what happened next. Right. It's I mean it's even weirder now than it was at the time. Their only losses again: Big Ten champion, college football playoff game winner, and then Northwestern, Big Ten West champion, bowl game winner. Right. Then, then they win a game. Now, Penn State wasn't a, a fine-looking football team at that time, but they still got the win. They win next week. They're two and two. There, there's a lot of possibilities, absolutely, in front of them, and they get beat by Illinois, forty-one to twenty-three. And to be honest, it it was a worse beating than that. I mean, they beat them in in every aspect of the game. I'm not even sure how it ended up being that close. Brandon Peters looked like. Oh, John Elway. He in looked that incredible. Game. He was incredible. Probably his in best game. game. Illinois' running backs were running oh, we had wild. Two, two running backs over 100 yards in that game. Special teams were yeah. advantage Illinois. It was one of the best performances from Illinois. And this and, is when they started going you know, two-headed quarterback. Actually, they had started, I think, the week before at Penn State, two-headed quarterback. And they just didn't know what the heck to do on offense. Illinois was kind of had them all out of sorts when they were on defense which is weird even saying as bad as <laughs> Illinois was defensively, but they just dominated that game. And I lost all kinds of money on this game. Um, I saw what Nebraska's defense had looked like in parts in the game versus Ohio State. The defense looked good versus Northwestern. The defense looked good versus Penn State. My thought process was I just don't see Illinois really scoring much more than 20 points no, in this game, and I thought that was being generous. And I'm like – Nebraska's going to put up at least 24 to 30 points in this game because no doubt. Illinois' defense had not looked good. No. One of the most perplexing games of the entire year in the Big Ten Conference. I would say so. Is that fair? Yeah. I don't want to not as, besmirch the Illini too much. Not as bad as Maryland-Penn uh, State. but Then, at that point, Nebraska is 1-3, and, and it's a freaking meltdown at that point. I mean, I'm listening to Nebraska podcasts. I'm talking to Nebraska fans. And at this point, I'm like, ooh, yeah, actually, there's there's – there's reason to be pretty upset. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of times I like start feeling bad for the opposition after winning a game, but I kind of I kind of did. I did not get there. I did not get to that point. <laughs> then the next game up, hey, I'm just trying to be honest on a on a what I believe to be an honest podcast. Then on uh Black Friday, they come into Kinnick. Uh they get clapped out of Kinnick and lose 26 to 20. With that being said, there's been a little bit of chatter behind the scenes me and you both believe this is one of their best looking performances of the year I think it was they just lost to a better team yes 26 to 20 yeah I mean they, they played fantastic in that game they just you know they couldn't hold up against what at that point was becoming one of the better teams in the Big Ten correct so there was positives to bring pull out of that game I think it's maybe even fair to say that they brought that into the next week where they beat Purdue 37 to 27. Uh, this is the best their offense looked, I would say, for the most part, the whole year, or at least up to that part, um, up to that point, excuse me. We knew that this wasn't a good Purdue defense, but Nebraska needed a win. If they do not win this game, we are looking at the possibility of them uh, finishing the season with one win. Yeah, and I will say this. Even though they got the win, they let Purdue hang around too long in that game. They sh they had their chances to put them away and curb stomp them, and they didn't do it. 
Correct. They still won the game, though. But they still get the win. Then, I don't know, crushing loss number two? I, I Honestly, it's a 1A, 1B, I would think. I, and and we've got a lot of Nebraska fans. Yeah. we got a lot of Nebraska fans that follow and then a podcast that we've both been invited yes. on. I try to ingest as much podcast and football stuff as I can. I remember listening to the podcast, and I think it's fair to say if you pulled – 10 Nebraska fans, I think five of them would say the Illinois loss was worse and five of them would say the Minnesota loss was worse. That's probably fair because Minnesota is a rivalry, whereas Illinois is not. It has become a rivalry, at least between the fan bases. Yes. And then you mix in the fact that it's a home game. I know the crowd's not there, but this was a shorthanded Minnesota team. That was a tough pill. Boy, that's right. That was a shorthanded team. Yeah. Oof. Whereas Illinois was basically at full strength when they came to Lincoln. And Mohamed Ibrahim went out in the game. I mean, he was out for Mm. chunks. They were still running the ball. Another perplexing performance. So now um, uh, Nebraska is sitting at two and five. We don't really know if a lot of these quote unquote champions week games are going to get played. It wouldn't have surprised me if this one had been on the scrap heap as well. But Rutgers and Nebraska honor the game. And Nebraska winds up winning twenty eight to twenty one. It was the Vedral Vokalek Bowl, as, the as we Vokalek. recall. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have heard Nebraska fans say that this was the highlight of the year for them. No kidding. I, I I would you would think Penn State would be. I definitely don't think it's Purdue. I think it's I think it's fair to say that if your highlight of the year is a twenty eight to twenty one win versus Rutgers when you turn the ball over four times, I believe. That's not a good sign. Hey, Rutgers got an A for me, baby. Wow, that's that's a good point. Biggest moment. Biggest moment. I'm just going it, for this is super easy for me. Penn State win. It's a helmet school. You beat them. That's a huge win to look back on. You got out to a 24 to three lead in that game, so you were kicking some ass with both quarterbacks playing, uh, which I don't agree with at all. And Deontay Williams had a fumble return TD. Um, held off a push by Penn State. Penn State started making a comeback, but you, you, you held them off. You were badly outgaining in the game. Doesn't matter, still won. Connor Culp hit three chip shots after they stalled in the red zone. So this could have been a bigger win for me, Penn State. Easy easy call here. I got two written down, and I was going to take the other one that you didn't okay. chose. So since you chose Penn State, I went with Rutgers. And, and it's the optics game. It's okay. the optics game, okay? Number one. Adrian Martinez in that game, 255 yards passing. Dedrick Mills. Hey, remember Dedrick Mills? Yeah, 191 yards rushing mm. in that game. That okay. is the best their offense looked the entire year. Because I know we yeah. talked about their offense looking as good against Purdue up to that point. By the end of the year, the best performance, yardage speaking, controlling the line of game, uh, yard, the, controlling the line of scrimmage speaking, was against Rutgers. They pretty much dominated them. And if you lose that game to Rutgers with sure. Greg Schiano being the first year coaching, okay? This was something that was a chatter. There was chatter mm-hmm. before this game. If Scott Frost loses to Greg Schiano right. of Rutgers That's right. in his third year where Greg Schiano is in his first year, that would have that would have made a already salty offseason extremely salty yeah for sure and that to me is i think that's the reason behind why many nebraska fans were that happy to see them beat Rutgers. i mean i kind of like that because as i mentioned versus penn state they were badly outgained yardage wise in that game wasn't even close it was almost like two to one i believe offensive mvp okay i would like for it to be Diedrich mills but he only played in six games and really i think he had three carries another one so really only five games 
Uh, Wendell Robinson, of course, very good player, productive, but he didn't even score until the last game. He got two touchdowns in the last game. Love the tight end room, but I think they have to spread the ball out between those guys, so I'd love to give it to one of them. It's kind of weird. I'm probably going to I'm gonna get crap for this, I know, but it's Adrian Martinez. Absolutely. Yeah. If, it, the funny thing is, if if I would have went first, I swear to God, it would have been verbatim what you just said. Really? Like you, 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 you're like, well, you know, it could be this guy. And it, like, there's so many people you could bring up, but it's not all these great performances. It's just like, well, not really that guy or not really. But in the end, when they went, they tried, you know, the McCaffrey route. It became painfully obvious. Yeah. He can't throw a downfield pass. I don't know at this why level. they even bothered with that. Because they were trying to do a shot in the arm type of thing. I mean, when, when he would come in as a change of pace guy, he looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you was. used him sparingly that... in, in certain situations, sure. But I, I just want to go through Martinez's stats here. Yeah. I mean, they're not great, but 71.5% completion. Completion percentage is great. Fantastic. Um, only four to three on the touchdown to interception. But then if you add in his running plays, 91 yards or 91 attempts, 520 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. It's a pretty productive year. It was. And you, another thing you got to give him credit for, and I think this is something you could say about Adrian Martinez throughout his entire career, the lumps this guy has took yeah. on and off the field. He has never stopped being a leader. He gets benched, and he you'd never hear him bitch. No. He comes back and probably plays his best football at the end of the year. And if you take those stats and add in the fact that he didn't get to play the whole year because he got benched, he would have had... He would have had more production. 2 a.m. Maybe, maybe not a, a heck of a lot more touchdown passes because those were scarce no matter what the situation yeah. was. Yeah, but I thought it was kind of easy, actually, when I really it was. looked at and it. Like, I sat down not not thinking it was going to be Adrian Martinez, Same. and after a quick peruse and memory, you know, I was like, oh, no, it's, it's Adrian, Peter, Adrian Martinez. It had to be. All right, defensive MVP, so – I want to give a shout out to a group that I have dogged repeatedly on this podcast, which is the linebacker group. Yep. They looked a lot better in no 2020. Doubt. Jojo Doman, Luke Reimer, Will Honus. Like Will Honus was kind of the, the guy that got in the backfield. Uh, Jojo made a lot of tackles around the line of scrimmage. Luke Reimer kind of the you know center. Um, they had an injury in the linebacker crew. But overall, the, the, it was a gigantic improvement up, hence the reason why the defense looked so much better. With that being said, maybe the stats aren't 100% there to support it, but easily the most talented player on the defense, and I would still say, even if you mix in the stats, is quarterback Cam Taylor Britt. Okay, you're going with him. Okay, yep. I, 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 I'm not going to say you're wrong because I did think about him, and I'm glad you mentioned the linebackers because I wanted to say exactly what you said, but I don't need to add anything. This may be a little bit of a career achievement award, but I'm going with DiCaprio Boodle. Okay. I mean, he didn't have the greatest stats. 25 tackles, had an interception, but I I, I think he's a leader. And what, what? why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> he started 32 games in you, a row. I'm looking at you like that because that's the face Nebraska fans are giving you right okay. now. I mean, I, I, I – Specifically on this topic, Nebraska fans, who do you think had the better year, Cam Taylor Britt? Oh, I'm sure Kaiser they would Boodle? say Cam Taylor Britt. Okay, okay. I like I said, this it's, is a lifetime it's a, achievement, and it's because be, this was kind of a defense by committee. There's nobody that okay. I thought was great versus I don't know nobody that stood out. Yeah. So I went with Caprio Boodle. It's your half your pod, buddy. All right, that's right. It is <laughs> for special MVP. Um, 
weird. I've I've heard a lot of love for Austin Allen. Okay, don't get me wrong; he showed some talent, but in the end, eighteen catches, two hundred thirty-six yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to spread I, it out. They, they I, had three good tight ends. Um, shout out to Connor Culp. As bad as their place kicking was in two thousand nineteen. Connor Cope was a godsend for them. So shout out to him. Mm -hmm. Shout out to wide receiver, running back, gadget, everything you want to say with Wandale Robinson. I mean, he had to fill in in seemingly every spot on the field because they didn't have a wide receiver they they felt confident with in my personal belief. Hey, if you look at their wide receiving stats after him. Oh, my gosh. Woof. Really bad. And you could pretty much say the same thing about running back as well, seeing as how their quarterbacks were their chief running back. So for my special MVP, I kind of went off the, the board, I don't know, to a certain degree. I went with Dedrick Mills. And I know he was injured, but if they would ever you had ever used that guy like he should have been used, the thumper that he was used in parts of last year and especially versus Rutgers this year, not only would he have had a better year, I think the Nebraska offense would have had a better year. Okay. I like that one. I went a little bit different direction here. This is a linebacker, but we actually didn't mention him. I went with linebacker Colin Miller, who got injured in the Illinois game. Frost called this guy the heart and soul of his defense. He called him the best leader on his defense. Uh, got injured in that freak play that was just, it was just strange. There's no other way to say it. Like it wasn't, it didn't look bad no. at the time. No. Uh, but expected to make a full recovery. So for um, his, his, all the time he put in at Nebraska, four-year player. Frost spoke highly of him. I'm going with Colin Miller. All right. Linebacker. Okay. What do you got, team grade? Uh, this one's tough. It is tough. I mean, I could there there's I could go I could go a couple some pretty here. Yeah, there's some pretty big swing here. So I guess I'm just gonna go with a solid C. Okay. I can't go better than that because the Illinois game. I just I I don't know how they let that happen. There you go. I went with a C minus. Yeah. Um it would be a high C minus. Um if I mean, not. I, I think it's a combo of the Illinois-Minnesota game to me. If it was just one or the other, okay? I mean, first of all, if they would have finished um, four and five instead of three and six, that's a huge difference. And then you could just say, I don't know what happened to that Minnesota game, but I don't know what happened to that Illinois game, but however, when it's both the Illinois and Minnesota game, sure. that is too big of a yeah. thing to, to overcome. There's no great win on the schedule. Their wins were over, at the time, a winless Penn State yeah. team, a very much struggling uh, Purdue team, and a, I mean, a decent, but still not that great Rutgers team. There's no great win to point at. This is Nebraska. You shoot higher. C minus, I think, is a fair grade. I do too. All right. That brings us to the Indiana Hoosiers. Yikes. Six and two. The, the year that you always was wondering, could Indiana ever turn the corner? They turned the corner. And how did it start out? I already mentioned on the last podcast, the most incredible start to any Hoosier season, a play that will forever live in the Hoosier lore with the, the Penix the tip. The Penix tip. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I've got... I'd already got this in my notes, but but they beat Penn State 36 to 35. Penn State obviously has has owned this this uh, uh, the record between these two teams. What an insanely entertaining and crazy way to start the year for Indiana. And it it set the stage. Biggest win since probably 1987 or 88. 
I don't even think it's up for debate, is it? I mean, it, it might even go back further than that because right. in 87 and 88, when they beat Michigan, Ohio State, I don't know what they were. those teams were ranked at the time. Because I know Ohio State wasn't great in that era. So yeah. it's probably better than the Ohio State when I don't know what Michigan was ranked, though. And, like, it's just crazy how many different zigzags we have in this game. Okay. Is Penn State a football or basketball school? Football. Is Indiana a football or basketball school? It's now a football school. <laughs> Traditionally, <laughs> basketball. Well, I was expecting that, but good. I don't know how Indiana fans are going to feel about that. Um, but I'm all off the rails now. Okay. Point being is you got a historically football school sure. against a historically basketball school. Historically, a football fan base in Indiana that, eh, you know, they might tune in to the games where Penn State fans are ingesting every minute. By the end of that game, completely switched. Penn State fans were Tuned in the out. dumps. Yes. Hoosier fans were as excited as they've ever been. Again, yeah, because there was the power of one win sure. or the stink of one loss. But you think about how much excitement they had going into this season. They've been building over the last few years with Tommy A. And then not expecting to beat Penn State. And then you beat freaking Penn State. Wow. Incredible. Next week, Rutgers, 37 to 21. Who was the better team? My gosh, it was Indiana. Next week, 38 to 21, Michigan. Who was the better team? Oh my gosh. It was Indiana. By the way, Michigan was ranked in that game. Going in the game. Were they like 23 or something? Yeah, 23. Wow. <laughs> right? That was a ranked win yeah, for absolutely. Indiana. That was two ranked wins in the first three weeks. They, they beat two helmet schools in the first three weeks were of the year. At the that time. were ranked at the time. Yeah. I mean, there was a reason why people were going nuts on Indiana, and they should have been. Next week, maybe one of their best performances of the year. Yeah, I know Michigan State didn't have a great year. Shutouts don't happen every day in the Big Ten, brother. No. 24 to nothing beating Michigan State. Dude, they're riding high at this point. And then they go in to the horseshoe. Now, 42 to 35, final score. They were down 35 to 7? 35 to 7. And yeah, I mean, it was it felt like a dose of reality. Oh, I thought so. I'm like, okay, Indiana's finally been, you know, then, sent back down to earth. And then they got the Penix out and whipped them around everywhere. They baby. whipped out their Penix, baby. <laughs> 300, excuse me, 491 yards, spraying the ball all over the field. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm in eighth grade. Um, only Boy, ten that escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so dumb. I swear I'm better than that. Um, high, high rusher in the game, only 10 yards in this game. Okay. It had to be all Michael Penix Jr., and he did it. And the, the it was only, fun to watch. The only vulnerability of Ohio State all year long was their pass defense. One kind of wonders what would happen if maybe they just got aggressive throwing the ball from the get-go. I wonder how many Hoosier fans have asked themselves. Yeah, I don't question. know. Yeah, I don't know. But but in the end, it was a loss versus what turned out to be, I would say, the second-best team in the country. Anyway, you stick with a, a, a team like that Yeah. on the road. And it was like, what, the third or f- third highest passing total ever against Ohio, Ohio State? State? Yeah. Something like that. the second or third. Crazy. I don't know. Um, so they walk away from that game four and one. Um, then go into the Maryland game. I, and this now this is it. This is a bittersweet deal here. They beat Maryland yeah. to get to five and one. But Michael Penix Jr. gets injured in that game. That was a big moment. How, yeah. the, how the year finished out. Luckily, they were up because things did not look the same 
after that. Correct. Then they go into Cheeseland and beat Wisconsin 14-6. to They deserve as much credit for winning that game yeah. as any on the year. Wisconsin had kind of refound itself a they little had. bit yeah. at that point. Not you know I don't want to crap on Jack Tuttle too much, but I mean it's obviously a, a step down for Michael Penix Jr. For sure, they won the game, and like I had confidence, this is exactly the game we would get. I'm almost positive I put some shekels on Indiana in this game because I mean a lot of people thought Wisconsin was going to win this game. I don't know if you remember that because yeah. with with Tuttle being out, because the other side of it was Indiana's offense did not look good once in that Maryland game the week before. Gutsy win, right? Gutsy win. It was a slugfest. It was. Again, going against, you know, the slugfestiest team in the conference probably, and they outslugged them. Wisconsin's offense uh, um, uh, battled this year. We'll, we'll talk about them next, but their defense was still their defense for most of the year. Unfortunately, the old oak and bucket never gets played. We tried twice to play Purdue. Doesn't Just happen. wasn't meant to be. Just was not meant to be. And then the thud at the end of the year, Oof. losing to a pretty bad Ole Miss team to finish six and two on the year, still six and one in the conference. That was that was just an unfortunate end of the year. Still, again, no Michael Penix Jr. It obviously played into it. Um, biggest moment: the stretch of the Penix. The tip. Obviously. PSU will claim no penetration. Was there? We don't know. Who knows? But that obviously is the biggest moment of the season. No need to rehash it. I had n- another eighth grade joke go through my head, but I will I will save it from everybody. Okay. Offensive MVP. Pretty obvious again. Michael Penix Jr. I hope you have the stats because this is the only stat I wanted to give. Okay. okay. Games played with Michael Penix Jr. as the starting quarterback, 33 points per game. Two games played with Michael Penix Jr., not the quarterback, 17 points per game. Wow. No kidding. That's the only stat I need. Yeah, it's the only stat I need. I mean, uh, didn't have a high percentage of completion, 56.4 for 1,645 yards, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions, but it's not about the stats with Michael Penix. He's the clear leader of this team, and everybody rallies around him. So it's not he doesn't. It's not just him being better than, let's say, Jack Tuttle. Everybody's better when Penix is on the field. Correct. Defensive MVP. See, this was really tough. Um, I, I have a handful of names I'm going through. And, I mean, Micah McFadden was was awesome. I mean, he was essentially the heart of that defense. But Jamar Johnson was the big playmaker in that defense. I mean, Devin Matthews had a good year. I think the best Dude. player on the defense was probably Taiwan Mullen. Okay. I, I mean, honestly, like, when we break down some of these teams to try to pick out the the uh, uh, best guy on, the, on one side of the field, okay, I feel like most of the time – Maybe not most of the time, but a lot of times you are are choosing between a bowl of muck. Like, it's just... This is the opposite. Then there's times where it's like, oh, no, that definitely is the best guy. Sure, yeah. Okay? This is one of the few times where you're like, I can't... You could pick... I definitely say three guys, if not four or five. I mean, this is like the Ohio State offense trying to pick out... Well, okay, obviously it's Justin Fields. Take away Fields. Try to pick the best guy. I understand what you're saying. I mean, it, it was... So you went and you, I, you went with with Taiwan Mullen. I I haven't gone with anybody. I said okay. he's the best player. Okay. Was he the best? Did he have like the best year? I'm gonna throw out Jalen Williams too. Yeah. Had four interceptions on yeah. the Reese Taylor had yep. a good. Uh, Jerome Johnson. We haven't mentioned him either. But I, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Taiwan Mullen just because okay. I think he is the best player on that defense. Okay. I. You, t- okay. I think Taiwan Mullen is probably the answer here. I, I believe he was the tone setter. 
of the defense. Like I, his physical play out of a cornerback spot, you don't see it was, I believe that that was part of their DNA is just what the, the secondary brought oh, yeah. into the the physicality Best of the defense. In the and then, but I'm just going to go ahead and go with Micah McFadden. Leading okay. tackler, I mean, six sacks on top of it. He was the most leading of the sacker time, in the Big these, Ten. Most of these, um, um, the sack leader for most teams was about three. I would say that was about yeah. average. He had six. And it's usually not a middle linebacker. Correct. And he was the leading tackler. And he had two interceptions. <laughs> two picks. I mean, I could. I, I'm yeah. not going to disagree with it. Yeah. Uh, special MVP. I have to go with my guy, Ty Freifogel. Yep. I had to mention him. We haven't mentioned him yet. Love the guy. He's my favorite non-Illinois player in the Big Ten. I think I've made that very clear. Uh, 37 catches, 720 yards, and seven touchdowns on the air, and just a dude. So I went into that saying, okay, I know Kurt's going to pick Ty sure. Freifogel, so I'll pick somebody else. Honestly, it's Ty Freifogel. It is? You have to, you have to re-mention him. Because you've got to give him some award. Correct. So I couldn't walk away not giving him. He deserved it. I but I had to give it the offensive MVP to to uh, Michael Penix Jr. because of the stat I gave you before. About right. Him. So they they it just had to be. Had, had to, to be. be. Um, team grade. Okay. It's tough. There's only two that I was debating. There was only two that I'm debating too. I think I'm going to give him the A- minus because, I mean, that shit burger, I, I still have that taste in my mouth from the old Miss game, but it was just – you know, it's bowl game. It's not conference game. They weren't playing for a national championship. They weren't in the college football playoff. Penix didn't play in the game. So I'm, I guess I'm giving them a lot of excuses, but I'm going A-minus because it's still a great season. Okay. I went A-minus as well. Definitely going into that bowl game, I would have been dead set on being an A. I am a type of person that still puts a lot of weight on bowl games and how a team represents the Big Ten, and that just knocked me down to an A minus great season. But in the end, if Penix could have been upright the whole year, <laughs> what great things you never, you never, you know, good things usually happen when your Penix is upright. Okay. All right. Next up the Wisconsin Badgers, not Wisconsin, Wisconsin. It's an I Wisconsin Badgers finished the season four and three. How did they start the year off? Yoosh. They 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 woodshedded the Illinois Fighting Illini. Boy, it, was it worse than the forty-five to seven score? Because I, the the touchdown came off of a. Pick it was six. a defensive touch. It was a fumble six for Illinois. Fumble I don't six. know if. I mean, at that point, I'm like, wow. I th- I thought Wisconsin was going to be good, but I didn't know they were going to be this good because Illinois couldn't be that bad, could they? So I don't know which was which was it more that Illinois was that bad, Wisconsin. I don't know. But in the time to- at the time, Graham Mertz looked like he was playing a video game because every pass was right where it needed to be. I don't know. He set some sort of record completion record or something. Yeah, it was like, like 21 in a row that he hit. It's insane. And all Big Ten West fans are like, sweet baby. Yeah, here we go. Now they got a quarterback. Now they have a quarterback. Great. Like, Just what we needed. Okay. Then things got goofy. They canceled the next two games, which are supposed to be at Nebraska, which we just talked about the team before. And versus Purdue, there was always things going. There was always rumors coming out of Badgerland at that point. Everything seemed. We never heard details. No. All we heard was rumors. So they come back after the long time off. All that time. Delay, delay. Play one game. Two more weeks off. Then they come back to go to the big house to play Michigan. And you think, I mean, they're going to look rusty. This is still only the second start for their quarterback. And they 
destroy Michigan. Yeah. They were so much better up front. It was embarrassing. I mean, it was and embarrassing. I, right, and, and because of that, I f- almost feel like the Michigan was more of a trouncing than the Illinois game because they I were understand. dissecting Illinois through the air. They were dominating Michigan in the trenches. But what's crazy is you look, Graham Mertz only had 127 yards passing, and their leading rusher was Berger, and he only had 87. That's strange. I mean, it's just, but that's how bad Michigan played. That's how good Wisconsin's defense played because they just got yeah. Michigan on a short side of the field so much. But in the end, dude, they they crushed Michigan. Yes, they did. And now they're sitting at 2-0. and Do you remember this? We still thought Wisconsin was the odds-on favorite sure. to win the Big Ten West. Oh, yeah. People forget that. At the time, we're we're in we're in mid-November. We're almost uh, uh, Thanksgiving. And we are going under the assumption that Wisconsin's going to win the Big Ten West. Correct. People forget that. Then they play Northwestern. Oh, boy. And Northwestern just, just shut them down. It, anything that Wisconsin had plan for offense was not working that day. And I know 17 to seven. We talked at that pod. Like when is the last time Wisconsin has been held under 10 points? And we looked at, I forget. Yeah. It was incredible. So, but 17 to seven. And I know that's not a huge differential in score, but it was a differential on the field. It was huge one on the field. I agree. Then Minnesota, they're supposed to play next week for the ax and it gets canceled. Um, now we are we we are really having issues with the Wisconsin season at this point because now they're you know mathematically eliminated from the Big Ten West. I mean Northwestern had a stranglehold on the division once they beat Wisconsin. Anyways, again things were just already looking bad, and then they get beat by Indiana, and a hard fought game. Even I mean we gave Indiana credit on the previous team; they deserve credit too. I mean Wisconsin fought hard in the game. Then they go into Kinnick. That was the that was the most obvious time in 10 years that Iowa was better than Wisconsin. Yes, for sure. Iowa was definitely the better team. No in doubt. This, in this game, 28 to seven. I think a couple conversions here and there could have maybe even been a little bit worse. I'm just saying you don't see that much out of any team playing uh, Wisconsin in the big 10 West. So now they're sitting at two and three and we got a big game coming up here because Thankfully, thank you, football gods. We get the axe game back on to keep the streak alive. They win this game. This was a big win. This was a big win for Wisconsin and their fan base. Sure. Right? I mean, yeah, biggest rivalry. Uh, season was kind of going down the shitter. You weren't sure you were going to play him. You finally get to play him, and you, you win the game. Yeah, huge, huge win. Huge win. And then because of that, they're sitting at three and three, not a lot of teams to pick from. So they go to a bowl and they, I mean, they didn't dominate Wake Forest if we're being completely honest. Well, but, yes and no. I mean, they, they beat them on turnovers and you know, the, the devils in the detail stuff of a football game. That's where they beat up Wake Forest in the game. Well, 15 interceptions will do it. Correct. Yeah. 15. Is that what we said? It was 15. At? So they finished the year 40 or uh, finished the year four and three with the, with the win in the bowl game, which was the, uh, the Duke's mail bowl, by the way, it was the Duke's mail bowl. So yeah. I haven't found Duke's mail and I've looked, I've actively, have looked. you really? I've tried. I just, I cannot find it. <laughs> Biggest moment. I know I'm going to, I, I think you're going to choose the correct one. So I'll take the, I, I'm, I'm not going to choose the correct one. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I went winning the bowl game. No, me too. Really? Yeah. Really? Because it was such a weird season, and I then mean, all of a sudden you looked up, they won, they had a winning season. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. They they fi- they squeaked out another winning, gosh, dog season. And you could go back to any of those the uh, the wins that they had. Well, not Illinois, but it was dominating. Okay, but they beat Michigan. 
They beat their rival Minnesota. But I still think for some reason, like, it just capped off the season where you can look back and say, you know what, it still wasn't a bad season. And think about this. The losses that they had, they were in the Northwestern game to the fourth quarter. They were in the Indiana game to the fourth quarter. Correct. The only game they weren't, I mean, actually, to take that back, they were actually in the game versus Iowa towards the end of the third quarter that Iowa pulled away at the end of the game. Point being, all these games that that were losses, they were in them. They were right, and they finished the year four and three. I can't. And, I thought for sure you would take, you would say Minnesota. And remember, they were down fourteen nothing really quick in that game. Like, yeah, like first point. two possessions of of Wake Forest touchdowns, and I'm like, oh boy, they're just going to go in the in the tank here. Okay. And then they just kept turning the ball over. And remember, Dustin Schutte kept predicting on. On Twitter, this is going to be another interception, and they they'd pick <laughs> off right. another. I forgot about that. Because yeah. wasn't it four? Was it three yeah. or four consecutive possessions they had interceptions? Yeah. Does that sound right? Something like. I mean, they have four yeah. in the game, but it was just utter domination. The other thing about the game is that was a fun game to watch. If you're a Wisconsin fan. I agree. Um, offensive MVP. Okay, uh, so <laughs> the numbers are not kind. Okay. Looking back, All right. if you go through the just all the stats. Uh, you could you could make a case for Jake Ferguson, four touchdowns. Um, Mason Stokey had four touchdowns. Those were the those were the two leaders in touchdowns on this team. This is this was like picking the offensive or defensive MVP for that matter of Michigan. You just were like, I don't know who to choose. The, the wide receivers. It certainly wasn't going to be. No. There was three receiving touchdowns by wide receivers on the year. So I'm just going to go with the all-purpose guy, Garrett Groshek. Okay, I'm going with him. He had 300 yards. Uh, on the ground, he had 119 through the air, 419 on the year. Uh, yeah, he was okay. just an all-purpose dude. I retroactively went with Jonathan Taylor. Oh, they, okay. <laughs> the void, the void that he left. He deserves Jonathan another Jonathan Taylor's MVP. ghost wins the offensive MVP. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, dude, the amount of people, and I think maybe we did it ourselves a little bit, that just, just... You know, ah, Jonathan Taylor's gone, but it's Wisconsin, and they're going to be fine. I re- we over we overstated it. Yeah, I just that just, that dude that that dude was a dude. And Jalen Berger is going to be a good running back. I believe so, but he's not Jonathan Taylor. He'll, he'll never be Jonathan Taylor, and it just wasn't an off season to lend itself true in into him building. Like he'll be much better next year, probably much better next year. Uh, defensive MVP. I think there's a lot of people you could go with here. Yeah. I kind of went with I think there's one though. Really? I do. I don't think I don't think it's who I chose. Okay. We'll see. I I went with somebody that they needed to be good this year and responded. I w- and I think he's the most talented. I think he has the highest ceiling of anybody on this defense. I could be wrong. I actually went with linebacker Leo Chanel. Huh. Second leading yeah. tackler, three okay. sacks. I think that I think that led the team. A pick, a forced fumble, he just glimpsed what he's going to be. Yeah. I thought about him being my special MVP, but I went with a different guy. So I'm going with Leo Chanel. Yeah. I went with, I mean, it's gotta be a linebacker, right? I'm with linebacker, Jack Sanborn, yep, there you go. Uh, 52 tackles, led the team, uh, did have a sack four tackles for loss, another interception. And by the way, he's from Lake Zurich, Illinois. Good pick. We, yeah. Thank we, you. We're, we're working well here. I kind of figured you'd go with Sanborn. Okay. So I was able to say Leo Chanel with my special MVP. That's where I went with Jake Ferguson. I did as well. You okay? I did as did. well. Yep. I mean, I if you're leading your team in receptions, receiving yards, 
and touchdowns as a tight end, I don't know how you can't give it to him. I mean, give something to him. Give some award. I would like to think that defensive coordinators had figured out by the middle of the year that their wide receivers were not a huge threat, and he still produced. And of course, he's coming back for fifth year. Is yeah. So every uh, I heard he's related to somebody famous, and every time he catches a ball next year, they're going to do it again. Team Green. Ah, this is this is one's tough too because you know. Uh, would they finish? What do we say? Four and three. Four and three is a down year, so you can't give them a good grade. You know, the, we can say okay, they only, they lost a couple close games, but they didn't win them. So I'm going with a C plus. Okay, I I I also am going with a C plus. Okay, I thought maybe you'd be a C, and I could I contemplated a C. This is a low C plus. Is like a seventy seven percent or something like that. Um, but again. The losses were close. Yeah. They finished the year four and three with a winning record. They won the axe. And I understand that Wisconsin's has their eyes set bigger than what we saw. So that's what gets them down to a C plus. But there are a lot of teams in the Big Ten that would 100% have signed up for exactly what would ha- what happened to Wisconsin this year. Yeah, I mean, you, I look back probably to the Indiana game. Like, okay, we lost to Northwestern. They're Northwestern. You, not to, only did you lose to Indiana, you got kind of like embarrassed, especially offensively, completely exposed. So at that point, if you're a Badgers fan, you're thinking, ah, oh, the season's just over. But then they turn it around. They Somehow they always do. They kept fighting these bastards. Anything else? Nope. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Next one will be Kurt's recruiting special. That's right. All right. See you guys. Bye.